Welcome to In The Trenches, where entrepreneurs, artists, writers, designers, inventors, warriors, and leaders share their stories of doing the hard, creative work that impacts all of our lives. Let the journey inspire you to do something worthwhile, build something bold, and create your life's work. And now, your host, Tom Morgus. Hey everyone, welcome back to another broadcast of In the Trenches. Today's guest is Marsha Reynolds, who is the author of The Discomfort Zone, How Leaders Turn Difficult Conversations into Breakthroughs. And in today's conversation, we do a deep dive into how we have these kind of conversations. So this is immediately applicable for anybody who has employees, any type of manager or leader at any level, coaches, anybody doing any kind of consulting, because hey, sometimes you do have to have uncomfortable conversations with people. And some of the things we talk about include how to set intentions before a conversation, how to get into the right emotional state before you have one of these difficult conversations, and why belief in the potential of the person you're speaking with is so important. So we cover all that and a lot more in today's conversation. Hope you enjoy. So Marsha, let's kick it off. Tell us a little bit about The Discomfort Zone, the book itself. Before we get into it, like, why did you write it? Why is this an important book? Thanks for asking, because it really was a stimulus from what I was seeing. So I've been teaching leadership for over 30 years and have been working with coaches for 20 years now. And I find that when conversations are sort of planned and there's not a lot of emotions, they go just fine. But the moment that there's some emotions present and it feels a little difficult, all of a sudden uh, it seems to go off track, whether it's the person leading the conversation or the person that you're talking to. And at first I said it was about courage, but then I felt, well, there was something that they were missing in listening in the conversations. So I thought, I need to write a book and share. How do you listen for what you need to say in these difficult moments? And so give me an example of like, what are some of those difficult moments that you've experienced or clients have experienced to give us like a sense of where this is most appropriate and most useful? One of the most common scenarios that I have when I teach my classes is the manager that has to have the difficult conversation with uh, the employee, whether it's to let them go, demote them, or even just a performance conversation. And before they even go into the conversation, they have assumptions that the person's going to react, they're going to get angry, they're going to be upset. And often what I find underneath this is just the fear that the person's a bad manager or that they can't handle it. So they make all these assumptions about the other person being the awful one. And I always say, before you go into any of these conversations, first, you have to look at your beliefs and assumptions, and you can't go in believing the worst. But second, can you go in hopeful, excited about the future? Because if you go in assuming that the person's going to be awful, that's exactly what you're going to get. So before they even have the conversation, we have to look at what's going on in their own mind. You know, how are they mentally and emotionally preparing for the conversation and to really shift into what could be possible here? You know, is there a possibility that we can find some great solutions together? Okay, so let's dig into that a little bit, because I'm curious about that as somebody. So my background's in the military as well. So I probably should have read your book a long time ago. And so I've had to have lots of difficult conversations 
And then also as a business owner, having hired and ha- having had to fire employees and stuff like that, you kind of just make it up as you go. So one of the things that I think about is, like, I agree that I just think mindset's so important with everything. And then mindset also frames the conversation, any kind of conversation, especially these kind of difficult ones. So yeah. if you're working with somebody who's maybe underperforming, you know, mm-hmm. hopefully it's something where maybe you want to have a conversation before you have to actually fire them. How do you get mm-hmm. into the right frame right. of mind so that mm-hmm. it can be positive and it doesn't come off building, you know, any antagonism or, or, you know, fear, anger, anything like that? Like what, how do you get into that right mindset and how do you, yeah, how do you put that in place? There's actually three things that you have to do in preparation. And I say, this isn't just to set a positive tone. It's also to create what we call psychological safety in the conversation where the person feels comfortable enough to have the conversation with you to explore what's working, what's not working. So the three things are the first one, you have to know before you go in there, what's the intention that you have? Who's this for? Is it just for you? Is it just for the organization, the team? Or is there something in it for them? Most people won't open up to you unless there's also a goal that they want to achieve. So you need to know before you go in, why would they want to make this change? I mean, do they want to be a leader? Do they want to be seen as more credible by their peers? Do they want to have just less anxiety and more peace of mind? What would be important to them and hopefully to the both of you to find a better solution? So go in with the intention that you're there for either them or for the both of you. Second one then is you've got to choose the emotion that you want to carry in with you because you know, emotion is, is now measurable energy. So it's not just happening in you, it's happening between you. So the minute you walk in the door, I often ask the people I coach, so what happens when you enter the room? I mean, people feel your presence and that energy you bring with you is going to impact the conversation even before you sit down. So you've got to choose and there's techniques in the book on how to relax and clear your mind and and, and center and, and focus on how you want to feel. And I worked on these techniques with professional athletes. How do you get in the zone? So there's tips on how to get really present in the discomfort zone book. So you got to set your emotional tone. And then the third thing is, can you believe in their potential? And that's huge. Even if you If you're disappointed and you're angry with them right now and and you're not sure, but can you believe in the possibility that they can achieve what you want for them? If you don't believe in them, they're going to know that. And that's a, and that's just a buzzkill right there. So you've got to go in at least believing that things can change and this person can achieve. Okay. So let's start with maybe we'll start with the first one and kind of work our way through these. So you Mm -hmm. mentioned setting the intention, like what's the intention and what is it Mm -hmm. for them? So the person you're speaking Mm -hmm. to. Okay. So explain to me like what's an appropriate intention. And maybe we start by saying like, well, what's an inappropriate intention? (laughs) Yeah. Well, the inappropriate thing is it's just what you want. You know, there's always that, yeah, that's what you want, but that's not what I want. So too bad for you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's, that's what we create. I mean, parents do that to their kids all the time. <laughs> and, for the, and the child not understanding, well, this would be a great value for me. So even in giving someone feedback, uh, you know, you would tell them, here's what you did wrong. Here's the impact of what you did wrong. It's as a result of your behavior. This is what occurred. 
And then you always want to say, and I would like to help you achieve this goal. Would you be interested in, in having a conversation with me around that? And that goal has to be something that they want. And if you don't know, you should ask them. But hopefully you do know what is important to this person. And you know what? It could even be an interesting conversation to say, so what are your goals right now? Because you might even find that their goals don't even match with the work that they're doing. And that could be the problem. So what's important to the person enough that they would want to make this change? You've got to discover that before you go expecting that they're going to do what you want. Yeah. Okay. So my next question is on the, you mentioned the second thing was choose the emotion you bring into the conversation. And you mentioned that because the emotion you bring in changes the conversation even before you begin, which I think is, you know, a self-evident statement for sure. Like without a doubt, anybody with any, I think, form of self-awareness would would be able to recognize and say, yep, there's truth to that. What is the appropriate or what is the correct emotion to walk into a difficult Mm -hmm. conversation? Because, and I'll, I'll set the stage here because I'm sure you know, from my experience, it's like, man, like, I don't want to have to have this conversation. Like, I hate that I, I'm in this position to have this conversation. Like, because it's <laughs> difficult. This person's done something wrong. Hopefully they recognize right. they did something wrong. This is going to be tough. How do I go from that, which is probably mm-hmm. like a negative emotion, not even like hating on the person, but like hating on the s- situation. Man, uh, I have to do this. Right, <laughs> this exactly. Thing I hate. <laughs> so, okay, how do you then uh, approach that? And then what is the correct emotion to walk into something like that? Well, you know, you hit the right word around self-awareness. So can you be aware of what you're even feeling in the moment? And there's two reasons why you want to shift. I mean, one, if you go in with anger, disappointment, they're either going to, to give you the same thing back. You're going to trigger their own anger and, and resistance, or you're scared, scared, going to scare them, and then they'll shut down. They will either take on your emotion or repel. The interesting thing about emotion is, what we term negative emotions, the anger, fear, frustration, disappointment, irritation, all of those act on the flight response. The blood flow goes to your arms and legs and prepares you to fight or flight, Mm -hmm. which also means that your blood flow is going away from your brain. You don't need your brain in those moments. You need just to respond, to react really quickly without thinking. You're not going to sit down and strategize. So biologically, you lose blood flow to the brain, and then your breathing either accelerates or stops, and then so you don't even have oxygen. So your capacity to think is severely decreased. So if you want to be able to be present, to be creative, to think of good questions to ask based on what they're giving you, you have got to feel an emotion that opens up the blood flow to the brain and the oxygen level and secretes dopamine and serotonin. And those emotions are, it could be hope. I mean, you don't have to go in like happy. Right. (laughs) But at least hope, maybe some remembering something that you're grateful about Mm. that that helps you to feel okay of being there, to, to look at the person and remember this is just a human struggling on his journey, his or her journey, just like you. And can you maybe even feel some care, compassion, and even curiosity? I'm curious of of what's going on here that I don't understand. If you can feel those emotions, not only will have a a more positive impact and help them to feel safe with you, but you're going to be able to think more clearly in the moment. So making that emotional shift is really critical to your effectiveness. 
And if you can't, Mm -hmm. you need to tell the person, I want to believe in you. And I'm really disappointed right now because you made all these promises you haven't done. So let them know that this is what you're feeling and why. But if you can, take that breath, you know, release the tension, and then just really say the word to yourself, whether it's calm, curious, courageous, care. You say it to yourself and let it float into your body and walk in there with feeling that emotion, not just thinking it. Thinking it won't help. You have to really feel it. Well, that's good. That was going to be my next next uh, question. So how do we then get into that state? You mentioned you talked about getting into the zone. I don't know if you mentioned the word yeah. flow, but I was thinking of that. Like uh, That's exactly the... what it is. Yeah. Mm. But the interesting thing is that the athletes I interviewed when I created the, my formula all said that it's not about positive self-talk. Because the moment you tell yourself you're a winner, you're a winner, then the back of your brain goes, well, maybe you're a loser today. <laughs> Right. It's not about that, that they were all taught to put their awareness in the center of their body. That's spot just people, mm. because that's your point of strength. Have you ever taken martial arts or yoga? You, you know where your core is. Mm. And I mean, even singing or public speaking, it comes from our center, not from our head. <sighs> so if you can you know, uh, breathe out, clear your mind and, and put your awareness in the center of your body. And then just choose one or two emotions that, and say that to yourself. So I want to be calm and courageous. And just feel that and go in. And every time they throw you off balance, just say those keywords to yourself. Just you know, let go of your breath. Think of your center, that bottom of your breath spot, and say those words to yourself, whatever it is. And so choose those two, one or two words, emotions, before you even go into the conversation. So you have them as keywords, as anchors, every time you get upset. That brings up a couple of thoughts in my mind around this, the importance of words, which maybe we'll get into, but also then the idea of, you mentioned at the, that last piece, anchoring these, these words. So I guess coming into this, are there certain words that have an impact on our physiology and our emotions? And then if that's you know true or false, and then I guess the question is, is there something that we have to work on to create an emotional anchor within a word? Well, any of the positive emotions of uh, happiness, pride, gratitude, hope, any of those, um, when we're feeling them, do create a neurological reaction in our brain that we release the dopamine, serotonin, and we have a sense of well-being all over. Often what I do with my clients, though, because it sometimes is difficult in thinking about the situation. So there's two emotions that open our heart and our spirit quicker than any others. And they are gratitude. And the quickest one is laughter. When you're mad at somebody and they make you laugh and you can't be mad anymore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because laughter just cuts the adrenaline and just floods you with the chemicals that make you feel good. So I always say, what do you have on your desk or in your drawer that makes you laugh or smile? At least, like, look on your phone at your pictures of your family or your pets or or places you've been that just make you feel good. You've got to bring in those emotions, and it may be props, external triggers, and then think about the person. So don't be thinking about them and getting irritated. Feel that gratitude or smile with 
you know, some emotion of, of happiness or, or laughter before you think about the situation, because that'll give you a more calmer and maybe compassionate view of what's going on. Okay, so that was what I was just going to ask. So it sounds like then in a, maybe one way to do this is, because again, if it's a tough conversation I'm going into for whatever reason, I guess the the idea of laughter, it's like, okay, so maybe I, I put on, and tell me if this is like an appropriate thing to do or not, like, or if I'm missing the point, be like, okay, before I'm going to go into this call or go into this, this room and have this conversation, I'm going to watch like a funny YouTube video that always cracks me up or something like that for like one or two minutes. Like then I go into it. Is that like, is that a good way to do it? Yeah, absolutely. Whatever it is that makes you laugh, it's the chemicals and the feeling you want. Mm. I mean, you're not going to walk in and say, hey, I just saw this video. I want to share with you. You're just using it to shift the emotions uh, in your body. That's all. So, yeah, if you've got something that makes you laugh every time you look at it, then definitely that's a great thing. It's a great thing to have. Interesting. So, okay, the third one is, can you believe in their potential? So I think maybe that's a good segue into this piece then. Break that down for me. Like, what does that mean? Because it's like there's a couple of words there that I think are challenging, like believe. That's a challenging word. Yeah. Uh, potential. That's, you know, a very amorphous yeah. term. So I have to believe in their potential. It's a very uh, difficult thing to kind of get really specific on and mm-hmm. make it tangible. So dig into that. Well, for me. but that is the truth. I mean, can yeah. you believe that this person um, can rise above the difficulty they're facing? Sometimes I'm coaching people and we go through this conversation and at the end they say, yeah, but this person's never going to do this. I'm like, well, then that's another conversation then. If you if you don't believe that they are capable, if, if the evidence you have demonstrates that they've reached their capability, at least in this moment in time, then that's a different conversation. Then you have to be very clear about that and make the choice. How many movies do they make about the young adult who's messing up and then there's somebody who believes in them and challenges them? And even though they're angry, um, they rise above and they achieve. And these are true stories because sometimes that's all it takes is for someone to say, I know this has been difficult for you and I really do believe in you that you can step forward and achieve this. And would you be willing to talk to me about what it's going to take? Just saying that can often have an impact, but you have to ask yourself before you go in, do you believe in this possibility, even though the person hasn't demonstrated it? Because, you know, we find that many times when we judge people to be lazy, they don't care that underneath it, it's not laziness. It's not they don't care. It's just they've been disappointed and they feel betrayed. And we're not going to find, like, what's their fear? What's their sense of betrayal? Unless we say, there's something there that I don't know, and I'm curious to find it. Because I think if we do, we can move beyond this. So can you at least believe that? That if you could find what their block is, that there's a potential of moving forward. And maybe you can't. Can you believe that maybe you can? So you have to go in the conversation with that maybe we can today. And I guess that in, in the context of, because it really, if the answer to that question is actually, no, I, I don't think this person actually can do this. Because there's, yeah. just, there's a track record now of failure. There's a track record of negative outcome. So mm-hmm. at some point, got to cut it off and say, okay, if the answer to that is no, I, I can't believe it. I mean, I guess that dictates then the next step, which is firing or something like that, right? 
There's been a lot of people I've known over the years that ended up taking jobs that were not right for them. And yeah. I'll, I'll tell you something that there's very few times I've had people say, yeah, I was laid off and it was the worst thing that happened. <laughs> they usually say it was the best thing because then I could go find what I really wanted to do. Mm-hmm. So you also have to believe that if this person has demonstrated that there's just no possible way this is the right fit with what they're doing, having that conversation of parting ways might be the best thing for them. And definitely for you, I, I have a, a client right now that she was working with a designer for a book that she's creating. And he just kept missing deadlines and putting her off and doing this or that. And she was even feeling devalued in the process. Yeah, you know, she said, I think he's just gotten too busy. I, and it's like, okay, great. Then let him go be busy. Yeah. <laughs> and maybe he needs a little bit of space. You don't know, but you have to like call it. Uh-huh. And she finally did, and she's so happy that she now is able to move on. And even though she lost a little time, it's going to be made up with somebody who's really committed to her. So sometimes there is a bottom line to this conversation. Bottom line, we've done, gone over this a number of times, and it's yeah. just not working. And as a result, this is what I need to do. Yeah, and I think that's that's interesting. I think from experience, too, that that can be a, a weight lifted for both parties, too. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's this is fascinating. Okay, so we've gone through the three main areas. Anything that is worth elaborating on here that we haven't covered that you think is like an important point to this or having these discussions or anything else that I've missed that I haven't covered? Well, one of the, the emotions that I mentioned to you that you want to shift to is curiosity. Right. Because you want to go into these conversations with, okay, it's not working. I'm curious. You know, how do you see this? What's going on? What is it that I'm missing? What are we both missing? What's getting in your way? What's stopping you? It's the questions that you want to ask. So you don't want to go in already knowing. You want to go in with full curiosity. And by your questions, hopefully get them to think about what's their block? What's their challenge? What is it that they need? I mean, that's a good question. What is it Mm. you need right now? Instead of saying, this is what I need from you, to ask the person, what is it that you need right now in order to do this? Because it's just not happening. So go in with curiosity so you can ask the questions so they come up with the answers or what it is they need to do next. If that's the way they're going to commit, if they're going to commit at all. Mm, I like it. That's important, I guess, coming back to having the right state of mind coming into it because, you know, there's been times I think where I am, I am actually curious, but maybe mm-hmm. behind that curiosity is like, you know, disappointment or anger or whatever it is, because I'm like, yeah. I do want to understand, but I also don't get it. Like, so I think maybe there's a, that's obviously a big point of what you're saying. Here's this process to go through. So, in order to, yeah. to be truly curious, you have to kind of set aside whatever your presuppositions or assumptions are. Right, right. In fact, it, what I often teach comes from the, the quote from uh, Suzuki Roshi when he wrote mm. Zen Mind, Beginner's Mind. And he said, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. In the expert, there are few. So if you already know what the person's going to say, how they're going to answer, how they're going to act. And you close the door for Mm -hmm. there to be anything else to happen. But if you go in saying, okay, there's something I'm missing. I just don't know. And I want to find out. Then then it's possible that maybe there's something else that you can discover. So can you go in with that? I love it. 
Well, Marcia, this has been a fantastic conversation. I think this is a great topic, an important topic, too, for anybody who has employees, anybody who leads a team, and, of course, beyond that, obviously, for coaches and, and beyond. But tell us a little bit about where people can reach out to find you and maybe get a copy of this book as well. Great. Thank you, Tom. I'm at outsmartyourbrain.com. That's my website, and I frequently blog on these topics. Mm-hmm. Um, the book is The Discomfort Zone, and you can get it anywhere on where they sell online books, so Amazon or uh, Barnes Noble, whoever's selling it, it's available, even if you find it on my website. And there's quizzes and there's all kinds of tools you can use on my website if you click on the discomfort zone. Um, and there I have links to any of the places you can buy the book. I love it, Marshall. We'll, we'll make sure those are all in the show notes. And thank you so much for being on In the Trenches with us today. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Thank you for listening to In the Trenches. Your creative work doesn't stop here. Join the resistance, the small but growing army of entrepreneurs and artists putting a dent in the world at www.tommorkis.com. Never fight alone. Join the resistance.